0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Tuesday, April 13, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky. Black Matt Norlanda is here with me. And let the record show that Monday is a massive day for the Villanova Wildcats. Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels both announced They're going to take advantage of the extra year of eligibility that NCAA is giving all seniors in response to them living through the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. As a result, Villanova is now set to bring back four of the top five scores from a team that won the Big East by multiple games. So you're not going to believe this dead leg, but it appears Jay Wright going to have a title contender again. I have moved Villanova to number three in version 3.0 of the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1 behind only UCLA and Gonzaga. Do you approve or disapprove?
1: We're, I, we're, if you consider last Tuesday the first day of the offseason, we're on the seventh day here of the offseason. You're already on 3.0? I'm already at
0: 3.0. 2.0 was Monday morning.
1: 3.0 was Monday
0: night. We'll publish. It's publishing right now. Um, I expect to be on 4.0 in any any minute now.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: I did 20 last off season. It was 27. 27.0 was where we ended up, and it, I I, I would t- I'll take the over.
1: Yeah, because as we speak this morning. There are 1,377 Division One players in the transfer portal. 1,377. <laughs> okay, that's the most ever. And we are going to easily get to 1,600 by the time we get to, like, the first week of June. So I will also take the over. I will also not be doing a podcast every time you update your top 25 rankings. So let's just be clear about that. Here. We'll, 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 we'll see about that. Villanova is a top 10 team. So, worthy of a quick discussion here. Uh, you had Where did you have him before you updated this? Like 11 or 12, somewhere in there. I assume they were getting Gillespie back. I had heard enough
0: to know that he didn't want his college career to end that way. And and with all due respect, there's not an obvious NBA path for him at this moment. So, it's like, you want to play in the G League or you want to, you know, be a first-team All-American at Villanova and try to go to the Final Four and win a national title. To me, that seemed like a pretty easy decision while acknowledging like you know he can do whatever he wants but like if I were weighing those two things come back and be a first team all-american at Villanova or like who knows where I'm going to be playing basketball next season it it seemed pretty easy to me Jermaine Samuels was one I didn't necessarily expect because here's the truth big headline um all seniors can come back if they want to smaller headline most don't want to they're not going to do it they're just ready to get on with their lives and so you know like You know, you know at Arkansas, they had seniors who could come back. And Eric Musselman very quickly was like, Yeah, they're just getting on with it. They're not coming back. Most seniors are not interested in coming back, relevant seniors. And yet here's Jermaine's, here's two at the same school coming back. And I mean, listen, when you return four of the top five scorers from a team that win the won the Big East by multiple games, you by definition are a legit national title contender. Villanova's gonna be really strong.
1: They will. Samuels and Gillespie last season combined for 26 points. uh, Jeez, almost 10 rebounds, 7 assists a game between the two of them. They were two of Villanova's four double-digit scorers. And then Caleb Daniels, uh, who will be back, he averaged 9.6 points. So, yeah, to me, Villanova, with all these guys, it's basically everyone except JRE, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who is going to be a first-round draft pick, really should. Uh, Everyone except him returns and Cole Cole Swider is transferring out I believe now that I'm talking that's right yes he's he's leaving so but everyone else does return yeah I mean that to me is probably a top five team heading into the season I thought Golan Gillespie heading into last season was going to be a first-team All-American and the Big East player of the year that was not the case and uh, JRE was Villanova's best player but if he can if he can fully recover, then I think he's got a, a really good shot. More than anything, I am happy for Gillespie. Um, and you know, Demir Cosby Rantry, by the way, his injury was more significant. And I remember Jay Wright saying it's gonna take longer into the offseason for him to have a true um, timeline and status on on when he'll be able to return. But when I was walking through Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, for the sweet sixteen when Villanova was was playing Baylor, um, I can't remember what game I was leaving. I actually think that might have been that that might have been Max Asemis missing the buzzer beater to beat Arkansas, I think. And then I left to go watch Villanova Baylor. I think that's how that timeline shook out. Anyway, I didn't get to the Villanova Baylor game when it tipped. I got there a few minutes after it started, and I'm walking through the mezzanine level of Hinkle, and you know, there's just. Cosby, Roundtree, and Gillespie sitting at the second level because they weren't with the team. They weren't in the Tier 1. They didn't go to the first weekend. They were able to travel and go watch the, their guys, their teammates play and ultimately lose to the, the eventual national champions. But I'm happy for Gillespie that his college career, by his own choice, is not going to end. Like, his last team activity is not going to be him sitting with an aircast on you know, 95 feet removed from the court in uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse watching his guys lose and get run over in the second half by Baylor. He's going to return. He should be a very important player. And Villanova should be, it really. it should be the best team in the Big East next season.
0: Yeah, like Gillespie, I, I guess we could agree, didn't live up to preseason expectations if he was projected as a first-team All-American. He, he wasn't even in the conversation for first-team All-American when you and I and, you know, David Cobb and Strongjaw were having those conversations. Um, he wasn't like a, a co biggie's player of the year. Now they named 50 big East player of the year. Like everybody was but but he was he was he was one of them. I think it was honestly three. They named three big East players of the year. He was one of them. So I don't know. To have him back is is a is a real big win, obviously, for Villanova. And it reminded me when the news came down on Monday of something that I've 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 said. Like, uh, I've noted many times in recent years that we spend so much time talking about recruiting classes. Hey, they got the number one recruiting class in America. They got two five stars coming in. In reality, the national championship is typically won not by who brings in the most five star freshmen, although sometimes that happens. Uh, It it is usually won by somebody who has players who could reasonably leave or come back. It's like, you know, whatever you want to do, and they get them to come back. They do. They do a year long, one year more than what most people in their position would have done. Baylor, a great example. Jared Butler and Macy O'Teague were both in the 2020 NBA draft. They both eventually withdrew from it, but they could have reasonably stayed in. I don't know where they'd have been picked or if they'd have been picked. I guess Butler definitely would have. Teague, we'll see. But they decided to come back to school. Baylor wins the national championship because of those decisions. This is different because we don't have two players withdrawing from an NBA draft or refusing to go into an NBA draft as much as they're taking advantage of the opportunity the NCAA is making available to all seniors. But still, it's it's essentially the same thing. Here's two players relevant players, big-time players, who could have reasonably moved on with their lives and being done with college basketball, they've decided to come back to college basketball, and that checks the, the box. Like, that, that. here's Villanova going to benefit from two players who could have moved on but decided not to, and now I think, like, you know, I've got UCLA number one, Gonzaga number two. But if Jay Wright is cutting nets again next April, becoming a three-time national champion, Based on the decisions that were made Monday, that will not be a surprise at all.
1: Yep, and they're both efficient players. Gillespie shot thirty-seven point six from three. Samuel shot thirty-seven point one. Um, both really good foul shooters. Offensive rating was was quality, and uh, and and just very important key veterans. So, I don't know if Villanova has been. I mean, they're now in your top three. So, you know, objectively should be a top five team uh, in the eyes of plenty. So I don't know if they've, they've benefited more. In the first, again, we are, we are one week into the offseason here. Um, I don't know if they've jumped more than any other team to this point. We'll see. But uh, they certainly, in a big picture sense, uh, they have reasonably put themselves into title contending status because of these decisions. And I don't know if anyone else has yet done that. Maybe we'll look up in a week or two and that'll change. But uh, Villanova might have been... On just barely on the outside looking in before this, and now they are they are definitely there.
0: Nobody has benefited more from seniors coming back to school than than Villanova at this point. There are other schools that have gotten their seniors to come back to school. There are other seniors who have entered the transfer portal. Obviously, schools like uh, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, and Kansas have benefited from from transfers. But in terms of these are seniors who were on our roster, a big part of a special team, and now they decided to come back to school, take advantage of this opportunity. Nobody has benefited more than Villanova. It was a big, big Monday for Jay Wright's program. If you're interested, now the updated top 10 of the top 25 and one, number one, UCLA, number two, Gonzaga, number three, Villanova, number four, Alabama, number five, Duke, number six, Baylor, number seven, Ohio State, number eight, Kansas, number nine, Arkansas, and number 10, Florida State. Obviously, with UCLA, we're waiting to see what Johnny Juzang's decision will be. If he leaves, that will probably definitely uh, move UCLA out of the top spot. But if he comes back at this moment, uh, the Bruins project as uh, the preseason number one team in the top 25 and one also big Monday for Bruce Pearls, Auburn Tigers, former five-star prospect Walker Kessler committed to Auburn. We're going to get into that next, but first check this out. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. So former five-star prospect Walker Kessler committed to Auburn on Monday, uh, a week ago, when it looked like uh, the Zags were going to win the national title, they were favored to win the national title. Um, Most of the speculation about Walker Kessler, who had announced his transfer from UNC just before Roy Williams announced his retirement, um, most of the speculation had Kessler going to Gonzaga, but he decides instead to go to Auburn and, it, it, it's a development that that made me move Auburn into the top 25 and when I had them just on the wrong side uh, before the Kessler announcement. But when you combine Walker Kessler with Jabari Smith, a five-star uh, a big who's uh, committed to Auburn, and then you acknowledge that they're bringing back Allen Flanagan, Jalen Williams, JT Thor. I think Bruce Pearl's got a top 25 team. I've got Auburn 21st in the top 25 and one right now. And Walker Kessler should be very, very good. I would expect right from the jump.
1: Let's hope he averaged, if you're Auburn, at least he averaged 4.4 points, 3.2 boards, and his player efficiency rating, according to sports reference was 31.0, which is solid. Uh, you're a big man. You should, you know, you should be uh, approaching the the 20s, if not the low 30s uh, overall, but he, uh, he just, you know, he didn't get a ton of run. You know, he was, there's a, it was Carolina so loaded? Loaded front court and all that, but he just played eight point eight minutes a game. Like I understand why he transferred out. One of four Carolina players, by the way, who have hit the portal, along with Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley, and then Walker Miller, who was um, who was just a bit piece there. But Kessler going to uh, going to Auburn, uh, yeah, probably. I I I'll be interested to see how he's used by Pearl and this, you know, Auburn was a team that relied, um, heavily on Sharif Cooper. Once he got eligible and Cooper was a volume player, not highly efficient there. Uh, I don't know if I'll be honest, GP, I haven't checked if anyone else has been in the portal for Auburn or not, but just looking at the roster here, um, the only other big that got significant minutes was JT Thor, the freshman, um, so, I, I think this will probably be a top 25 level team. It was just up and down the entire season. Uh, it had some good moments. It, it was certainly an entertaining team to watch. Cooper's off to uh, to chase an NBA paycheck, understandably so there. But this this clearly, I mean, we're talking about it on the podcast. So, it clearly registers as one of the most significant early uh, commitments in what will be a long line of them, by the way. And we'll wait and see on how many of these wind up... Uh, being significant and I suppose that's a conversation for later in the summer because there are there are a lot of players that are just they're choosing to leave and they're they're known guys. Either they were highly rated recruits coming out of high school or like like Kessler or they were productive players on their own roster and they're just gonna go uh, play somewhere else next year and just get a change of senior and we'll see how many of those players actually wind up being truly impactful next season. I think Kessler has a chance, but I'm not all in on him suddenly getting to Auburn and gp up in those averages like from 4.4 points to 14.4 points and 3.2 rebounds to 10.5 rebounds not sure we're going to necessarily get to that point but auburn was on his list coming out of high school clearly he thinks he's got a shot with bruce pearl he will be fun in the sec the sec should be pretty uh pretty good next season as well and i don't necessarily disagree with you putting auburn into the top 25 but i also haven't I haven't run down all the teams yet, so you've got a better feel for this than me at this stage. Um, but Kessler's a little bit of a wait and see to me. Uh, if, for him to be that good and still allegedly that good, and, and not break through the rotation at Carolina, um, I understand it was Roy and all that stuff. But I, I just, I think a little, little reason for hesitation there. That's all. Well, I, I did, I did see some comments from
0: people like. Um... Because before I updated the top 25 and one, I was getting tweets from Auburn fans like, you've got to, this needs to be updated. You got to put, like, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do a radio show. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, it's unfortunate that Walker Kessler committed, like, you know, I'm busy. I will update. Just give me, give me, can I breathe? Give me a second. Um, And then there was some pushback to those people like, oh, oh, now Auburn's top 25 because of a guy who averaged four points per game. (laughs) Really? Except I do think that's missing the point a little bit. He got caught in the numbers game at at UNC. You know, like Roy loved to play as many bigs as he could, but you can still only play so many. And when you've got uh, Baycott, uh, Armando Baycott, Garrison Brooks, and De'Ron Sharp, he was maybe this is the best way to put it he was the fourth best big on his team which is never something you want to be because you're not that means you're not playing but he's he's talented and there was a moment late in the season where he got real minutes and and like really performed against Notre Dame he had uh 16 and 12 against Florida State he had 20 and eight. So when he got real minutes, he really performed. And so I suspect that that's what you'll see at Auburn. I'm not necessarily predicting he's going to go from four points per game to first team all American, but I think he's going to be really good. And what you're going to find out very early on is that, Oh, wow. This guy would have gotten an opportunity to play at North Carolina, consistent big minutes. He would have put up, you know, consistently, good box scores uh, he didn't play so he couldn't do it but this is why he was a five-star prospect coming out of high school then you match him with Jabari Smith I mean who's going to have a more talented four or five combo next season in college basketball than than Auburn maybe Gonzaga and oh by the way maybe this is why he doesn't go to Gonzaga mm-hmm. it's like I'm not going to get caught in numbers game again if they're if they're going to have Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren like I'm not walking into uh, that again no, I just sure. did that yeah. not doing it again so it makes perfect sense plus I read somewhere like his parents own a lake house near Auburn, like he's very familiar with that part of the country, very familiar with the school and the program, so it all makes sense. My only question, and not, you know, maybe it's not a question. You tell me, is like, you know, Auburn still hasn't been punished by the NCAA, mm-hmm. like do, do, you, <laughs> like if you're trying to avoid bad situations. Like I went to Carolina, bad situation from a roster makeup. I'm not going to go to Gonzaga because bad situation possibly from a roster makeup. Do you go to Auburn? And then, you know, in, in August they go, Oh, by the way, you're banned from the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm not necessarily predicting it, but it's obviously on the table.
1: Yeah. It's on the table. I don't, again, the timeline with that stuff, who the hell knows? It's Uh, just impossible to even talk about.
0: I mean, like I live in Memphis. They, they're in the, I, 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 that's the first one. (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody Nobody. knows. Nobody like I'm assuming Memphis will be punished someday for, stupidly playing James Wiseman in defiance of the NCAA, but I have no idea what it's going to be.
1: No one knows, and Memphis is the first one. As as I, as I understand everything, you know, it's an assembly line, and Memphis was the first one on queue, and it hasn't been dealt with yet. And Auburn is not second or third. I think NC State's second. I want to say like Kansas is fourth. Auburn's behind these these schools, so uh, I don't I don't think that he's going. Honestly, I honestly don't think that Auburn's going to face any sort of punishment that would affect Walker Kessler next season and the season after that. Then we can talk about it. But now I don't. I, it's it's certainly something to discuss and wonder about. But there's nothing to suggest at this point that uh, that Auburn is going to be facing uh, sanctions from the IARP that will impact them by next season. But anything's possible, and maybe we'll look up in October, and the situation will be entirely different there. For Bruce Pearl, by the way, how about this? Does this surprise you? Passage of time. Next season will be Bruce Pearl's eighth at Auburn. He's going into his eighth season already. I remember when he got off the plane. It's amazing. Last year, but Auburn I, was—
0: oh I wouldn't spent time with him— like right after he got hired at Auburn, I like my family and I were on the way to the beach and you kind of, you have to drive that direction. I was like, well, we'll just stop in Auburn. I'll spend a a day there and uh, I'll go visit with Bruce and I'll turn this a little bit into a work trip. And um, I remember him, the the most memorable quote from that trip was like beautiful newish arena. Um, You know, it's Bruce Pearl back in college basketball Back in the SEC, and I remember him saying this is going to be harder than people realize. Like, you know, he said, like, people assume because we did what we did at Tennessee, we're just going to do it at Auburn. He's like, this is a different – this is more difficult. It just is. I think we can do it, but it's not going to be – not that it was simple in Knoxville, but it was was easier to get accomplished in Knoxville than it will be to get accomplished here. And you look up, and I know that they're enduring NCAA issues. Like, I got it. But – I mean, he has turned Auburn into one of the best basketball programs in the SEC. And how about we're sitting here right now. I've got Alabama fourth and Auburn 21st in the top 25 and one, like those two quote unquote football schools have turned into relevant and accomplished basketball schools. And it it should be a, a message for every quote football school out there. You don't have to choose. You can be great at both. You just have to invest and then hire the right people. And, at Auburn a long time ago, they hired the right guy and they gave him all the resources he needed to be successful. And at Alabama, more recently, they have hired the right guy and Nate Oates. They've given him all the resources to be uh to be excellent and and, and those are two excellent basketball programs right now.
1: Pearl's won sixty percent of his games since he got to Auburn. He's one thirty-eight and ninety-two. He's done a good job. Last season was a down season, uh, thirteen and fourteen. Self-imposed postseason ban. Uh, prior to that, though, twenty-five wins and would have been tracking toward you know five or six seeds territory uh, had there been a tournament. And then, of course, the year before that, Auburn makes the final four. Kyle Guy gets fouled in the corner, but won 30 games in the year before that. Auburn uh, was a four seed and won 26 games. So we'll see if this past season was just a, a quick dip before a return to the status that he's at, or if they'll uh, if they'll have to work their way uh, work their way back. But Kessler's going interesting talent. Auburn will be interesting, and the SEC will be fairly good next season.
0: How about the rest of this off season we just alternate like every other week? I'll put you in charge of the top twenty five and one and you can oh, handle sure. the updates. There's just no
1: shot that's happening. <laughs> just hey, just real quick no, no, there's no shot that's happening. Real quick on that note though, um, two things. Uh one when you do the shouts, I got shouts to people that did well in our bracket challenge. I told people we'd do this and I forgot. So I just, I literally just remembered it. And number two, just so people have a heads up later this week, um, this isn't going to be worth podcasting. We'll podcast whenever Arizona fills, but um, tied to your whole deal with all this, uh, the one time transfer exception rule, whatever you want to call it, that's supposed to get voted on, I believe, Thursday. So. For all these guys that are in the portal, uh, that should be made official by vote later this week. And then I don't know what date it's going to technically kick in. It won't matter because next school season will will be well and will have started by the time that happens. So just keep that in mind as well um, with all of this. So there's actually gonna be a, a piece of legislation tied to this later this week that's going to make these one time. like these, All these people are in the portal, almost 1,400. Because if they haven't transferred before, they get to play immediately next season. Like, it's just a it's a formality. But I just wanted to note that that formality uh, should become a formality in basically 48 hours or so.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF, and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the I Am College Basketball Podcast, in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. You see this Johnson & Johnson news?
1: Don't even want to go there. Don't even want to go there. It's actually dis-
0: dis- discouraging, if only because if i be serious for a moment, then I'll get back to being silly. It, it It's exactly what the 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 people who are hesitant about the vaccines, it's exactly the type of thing that gives them something to stand on, which is disappointing because I don't want any of those people to have anything to stand on. I want everybody to get shots in their arms.
1: I agree with you. And, uh, yeah, not, uh, but vaccines are safe. Please, get, please get vaccinated so we can, yeah, I got that Pfizer them. in my arm. I'm half vaccinated. I'm, I'm like circa GP seven weeks ago or whatever. By there's the way, no,
0: there's no, there's no evidence, no evidence of significant issues with that Pfizer. For you know, that Moderna, get that Pfizer in your arm.
1: I did read one side effect about Pfizer that is troublesome. Um, if you get the Pfizer shot, you will be uh, you will be prone to rambling about the the pandemic at the end of podcasts. Apparently, that is a side effect. I heard that's a side effect. Yeah, it is. So, but if you can get past that, I think you're. I think you're. All good. things considered, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Would you rather be on a
0: ventilator or or waste few minutes at the end of a podcast? Easy choice, you ask me.
1: Shouts to Will Campbell and John Roberts who tied atop the bracket. Apparently, you got you you people won something. I don't know what it is, but I know that if you if you finished atop the our Ion College basketball bracket challenge bracket games, you won something. I hope you've been properly notified. Both had 144 points. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the edge to John Roberts. He picked 41 games correctly. Uh. I had 35. I wasn't that far behind. I finished 231st, by the way. I don't know if you've got your app open or not, but I don't know where you wound up, but I'll take it. Uh, Will Campbell and John Roberts, 144. Clayton Rusk, hell of a name, 143. Shouts to you. Brett Gates also with 143. And why the hell not? I'll give two more guys a shout here just behind him. Landon Brown... Landon Brown and Justin Horn at 142 points apiece. So, shouts to you six gentlemen. Thank you for joining our Bracket Games pool. As promised, you've got your shouts. John Roberts and Brett Gates, 41 games picked apiece, and uh, well done. All these people had Baylor, by the way. The top 53 people in the standing, 54 people in the standings, obviously all picked Baylor. Um, Henry W., Highest ranking player to pick Gonzaga. You didn't put your last name in, Henry. I can't give you a full shout for picking. It's it's Henry Winkler. Oh, Henry Winkler, the Fonz.
0: This is the Fonz. The Fonz. Oh, the Fonz. You're just gonna gloss over the fact that the Chief Justice of the United States won our bracket challenge. (laughs) <laughs> You're just gonna, that's, like, uh, that's yeah. not even worth pointing out that the, the, the chief justice of the United States <laughs> won, <laughs> won the bracket challenge. You act, you act
1: like that's not a big deal. I'm just, I figured you might want to go there. So I that was I, I, John Roberts. How you found the time to do this uh, is amazing to me. But uh, thank you for being a, a loyal listener to Ion College Basketball. We We sincerely appreciate it and send our regards to the court.
0: How do we think Clarence Thomas finished? Can you look that up for me?
1: I, I, he's way down there. Something tells me he he might have had like Virginia Tech winning at all. So,
0: <laughs> if you're not subscribed to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. We'd appreciate it. We'll talk to you again later on this week. Till then, take care. takes two minutes minutes—a sheer horror a new paramount plus original docuseries we were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women a cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight and suffocating people with a pillows leaving corpses all over texas how did it happen i was responsible for her the guilt is immeasurable they covered it up
1: pillowcase murders now streaming exclusively on paramount plus